Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. What I thought we'd do to start off, and I asked Daryl Bricker to join us to do this, the president and CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs, the author of Next, the book I keep telling you it belongs in every house in this country, because Daryl's research tells us what's coming next in Canada. I thought I would ask Daryl some questions about the mood of Canadians on a number of issues. We generally take them one by one. How do Canadians feel about this? And then we go on to the next one. How do Canadians feel about that? But how do we feel about a number of issues? Daryl, thank you so much for making time for us on this Sunday. I'll always make time for you, right? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great. Thank you very much. Let's start with the politics issue. And We've been talking about the conservative leadership race. Uh, Mr. Brown was with us yesterday, and he said, essentially, he said that the Conservative Party is lying when it's uh, when it says that uh, he was not willing to participate with the party and and their concerns about um, election campaign law being broken. So that interview is at globalnews.ca forward slash Roy Green. And as I said, we'll be talking about Pierre Polyev later on in the show. When it comes to the CP, uh, CPC leadership campaign, Daryl, who would the majority of Canadians, if they're going to be deciding which of these candidates for the Conservative Party should, in fact, lead the party into the next federal election? Which of the candidates do you think Canadians would be most likely to choose? Well, when we ask them, they usually uh, divide fairly equally between uh, uh, Pierre Polyev and Jean Charest. Now, Sean, uh, at the start of the race, Jean Charest would uh, would certainly do better than, uh, than Pierre Polyev, but Polyev has been coming up, and I think that that's really just a reflection of people's level of familiarity um, with both candidates. So as they get to know them better, you're seeing Polyev starting to move up a little bit. But uh, I've seen no evidence in anything to this point that suggests that anybody that Pierre, but Pierre Polyev is going to win this race. Mm-hmm. Do you think, and I've heard all sorts of stories about Pierre Polyev, you know, we read them, um, op-eds about concern about his attitude. Ultimately, my feeling is the party's clearly going to decide who's going to lead the party, and then it will be up to Canadians to decide in the next election who they want. If Pierre Polyev can convince Canadians he should be prime minister, he'll win. If he can't, he won't. But is there is there real interest in the Conservative Party, increasing interest in the Conservative Party, and by extension, a decrease in interest in the Liberal Party and perhaps in Mr. Trudeau? Yeah, what we see in, in when we ask people how they would vote, although people really aren't in a voting mood right now, is that the two parties are very close. Uh, but what we're going through right now, Roy, reminds me very much of what we went through back in 2002, 2003, before we went into the 2004 election, when Jean Chrétien was going through the process of stepping down, being replaced by Paul Martin, and then they had this new guy on the block, uh, Stephen Harper, who was kind of the darkest force that the media could conjure up in terms of what politically could happen to Canada. And we saw what happened through the course of that. So very similar type of rhetoric we're hearing about Pierre Polyev today. We heard about Stephen Harper back at that at, at that period of time. Uh, but the circumstances changed, and it made it possible for Stephen Harper to uh, to win, actually, in 2006. Uh, Pierre Polyev, probably going to win the Tory leadership. The question is, who's gonna, who's he going to be competing against in the next federal election, which is still uh, three years away? Yeah, assuming that the uh, NDP stays in the deal with the Liberals until 2025, I think it's maybe a little difficult for Mr. Singh because you find him on Twitter consistently criticizing the liberals, but yet he has this three-year deal with them. It's He's playing both sides of the fence, um, in my view. I'd like to talk to him about that on the program. But how do Canadians feel about this 
this this deal between the Liberals and the NDP. It's not the first time political parties have made a deal. Oh, we've we've asked them about it, and they basically said that it's okay. I mean, people aren't interested in getting into a situation where they would have an election tomorrow. So whatever it takes in order to avoid that, um, they're they're all right with. But uh, uh, their eyes aren't specifically on Ottawa at the moment. They're not spending a lot of time thinking about uh, federal politics. There's some curiosities going on, as you can. As you just mentioned, with the uh, the Conservative Party uh, uh, leadership contest, but apart from that, it's it's it's, it's pretty much steady as she goes. Yeah, if Polyev weren't in this race, I doubt Charest would be in the race. And if Charest and Polyev both weren't in the race, I wonder how much interest there'd be among Canadians. Period. And I'm not suggesting that the other candidates don't have relevancy, but unless you have big names and big names that are going at each other, the dynamic isn't there to really just pursue it with interest, is there? No, not really. And and the, the the person who's probably the most disappointed with everything that he's watching right now must be Aaron O'Toole, because as we see, yeah, you know, the, sure. the, the liberals really struggle these days. Uh, you know, Mr. O'Toole ran a reasonably good campaign, just came up a little short last time around, but uh, certainly would be, uh, um, I would say, well positioned to win the next election campaign if he'd been able to last. Yeah. So yesterday, Daryl, we spoke with Dr. Catherine Smart the president of the Canadian Medical Association, and the great concerns the CMA has about the state of healthcare in this country. Later today, we'll talk to Linda Silas. She is the president of the Canadian Federation of Nurses Unions, and Ms. Silas has similar concerns. They will both be at the Council of the Federation meetings, which begin tomorrow in Victoria. When it comes to healthcare, where does healthcare fit into the dialogue among Canadians now? What, what, what's the big, the big healthcare related issue? Uh, right at the top of the list is healthcare, and uh, what people are really saying when they put healthcare at the at, at the apex of the the issues facing the country is that they're really uncertain about the future of the system. So they feel like the system is under strain right now. But there's a there's an under general understanding that the, the population is aging, and that the pressure on the healthcare system is going to get uh, is going to become more over over time. So people are really worried about whether we're going to be able to maintain that single-payer system that we have today and whether it's going to be there when they, they, they need it. Yeah, very interesting to hear what uh, Linda Silas says. Because uh, I heard her say the other day that one out of every two Canadian nurses, just statistically, are talking about leaving the profession. When you think of the stress the healthcare system is under, if you had 50% or even 30% of nurses saying they're out, that would be uh, just disastrous for healthcare. Where does climate change fit into it all? Well, it's it's mid-tier of the list. So you know, uh, let's go back to the election in 2019. Was the apex of of climate change in terms of the issues that concern Canadians? But now we find it tracking somewhere you know down around seven, eight, nine. Uh, it's, uh, it doesn't have the level of priority of, of uh, as a whole series of other issues do. It doesn't mean that Canadians don't care about uh, about climate change. They do very much. But just compared to the other things that are going on right now, there's more intensity of concern around other issues. Yeah, like the economy, sir. We can look at the economy, Daryl. Inflation, highest it's been in 40 years. Seven point, interesting email from a listener the other day saying, saying 7.7% saying interest um, doesn't mean anything to people. We, we need to talk about the, the numbers that we can actually relate to, which I found interesting. So... When we look at the economy, when you look at uh, inflation, when you look at interest rate hikes, when you look at food price security, the cost of gasoline and diesel at the pump, are they all pretty much of, uh, of equal interest to Canadians uh, at this point when, under the general heading of economy? Well, I would say the thing that most concerns Canadians right now is housing. 
um, which to me is still very much an economic type of issue, whether or not you can afford to live in the type of house and the type of neighborhood uh, that, uh, that you desire to live in. Mm-hmm. And people, uh, particularly middle class people, are feeling like their access to that is being denied. And inflation makes it even harder. Uh, the other aspect of inflation is that people are um, experiencing it in their day-to-day lives. So uh, remember, we're a car commuting society. People are now going back to work. Offices are being reopened, and people, for the first time, are starting to fill up their cars again, and they're seeing what the difference is uh, in, 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 uh, in the price that they used to pay to what it is today. So it's the cost of fuel, but inflation being very much reflected in that. And then they get in their monthly credit card bills. They get in their monthly yeah. uh, heating cost bills. It's real kitchen table economics that we're talking about here, very practical stuff. So this isn't really, you know, philosophical. It's day-to-day grinding it out for Canadians and them feeling like it's getting harder to get ahead. And that's a big problem for governments in this country. Now, the Ford government just won re-election over the, you know, a, a few weeks ago uh, and maybe dodged a bullet. But, you know, as we get into the federal uh, electoral period, if this continues, if this situation of real uh, sense of dire economic circumstances continues. It makes it hard for uh, for incumbent governments. Yeah. Um, we sometimes talk as though we're a homogeneous mass in this country, almost as though we live in the same area code or the same postal code. We don't. We're spread out over a massive amount of land. Uh, we have urban population centers that are quite large, but we also have significant numbers of smaller population centers. So we're all spread out. How consistent is the message among Canadians? How we, what are they telling you? What are Canadians telling you about their concerns? And does, is there an east-west divide? Is there a line that I, could, that, I could, that I could mark on a Canadian map and say, on this side, on the east side, there's more of this uh, preponderance of this kind of opinion. And on the other side, on the western side, there's a preponderance on this. Well, it tends to be as much rural-urban as it is uh, as it is oh, interesting. west. Yes, but so for example, if but there are you know east-west differences. So if you go to a place like Toronto or you go to a place like Vancouver, housing's right at the top of the list. Inflation obviously is is important too, but these are also people who are more concerned about things like, for example, climate change or um, things that would be related to. Uh, uh, you know, individual rights and that kind of thing. So downtown urban communities tend to have a, a bit of a different agenda. Uh, when you go out to suburban communities, uh, things tend to get a lot more practical and less philosophical. Yes, they're also concerned about housing costs, but then they're concerned about cost of living issues, the education of their kids, that kind of thing. These, that's, that's where the middle class families in this country live. They tend to be in, in, um, in, uh, in suburban car commuting uh, communities. And then when you get out to rural communities, it's access to everything, because rural communities tend to have much older populations, lower tax bases, and things are not opening up there. Things are tend, tend to be closing down, because Canada right now is basically an 80-20 country in which 80% of us live in a, a, a fairly larger community, and 20% of us live in smaller communities. And that smaller community number keeps getting smaller every year. So, yeah, it is, it is quite a diverse country. One place where people geographically tend to disagree on a major issue is on energy issues. So, you know, the future of the oil and gas industry. Obviously, in places like Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta, they tend to have one uh, point of view. The far west, um, British Columbia, actually looks more like how Ontario feels about this or Quebec feels about this. Uh, so there are some regional differences, but they tend to be, as I said before, more urban, uh, rural, suburban than they are really geographic. Yeah, my friend Dan McTagg says, we can expect gasoline prices to start to climb again today. Uh, he's going to be with us later on. 
So uh, in in the one minute we have left here, when it comes again to the tabletop issues or the gas tank issues, um, how volatile is opinion on gasoline price? If gas were to go to Sit down, folks. Hang on to the edge of the table. If it were to go to two fifty a liter for regular gas, what happens to the what happens to the priority issues then? Oh, it goes it goes right to the top of the list. I mean, uh, you know, the as much as people are you know interested in things like electric cars and you know changing the way that we tr- transport ourselves, we're really not in a situation where you can you know flip a switch and make a change. We are a car commuting country. And yeah. if you put that, that cost over the edge of people's ability to to be able to afford it, we're going to have big problems. 